Welcome to God Geeks. We're back. It's uh, me flying solo again, but I'm going to interview my good friend Daniel Megason, fellow teacher of mine. We're going to talk about things like youth ministry, Stranger Things Season 2, hence the intro music. And my friend Daniel is uh, quite the avid skydiver. So we're going to talk about skydiving, uh, some of the records that he's been part of, um, and how insane he is to skydive. Uh, so let's get right into it. Join me in the Upside Down. Say that one again. So what if I don't know the meaning of Armageddon? It's not like it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good way to start the episode. We're recording now. Uh, I've got my comedian friend, Daniel Megason. Comedian first, teacher second. Yeah? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we teach together at Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Daniel, you teach what subjects? Teach high school math so that's college algebra to seniors and then algebra to eighth and ninth graders okay cool cool but we have a similar background of sorts you were involved in youth ministry for a few years weren't you yeah Mm -hmm. okay tell me more of a more of a summer job though um i um went to college to be uh, my major in college was recreation youth youth development they have that now yeah gee whiz uh, RPTS, Recreation, Parks, and Tourism, and then the Where'd emphasis you go? on youth development. Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, I knew that, actually. Yeah. The the big gold ring on your finger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're part of the cult with me. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, didn't have that when I went to A&M. I would have yeah. totally it was awesome. done that. I wrote some papers on Cool Runnings. Uh, <laughs> the movie Cool Runnings? We played Uno one time in class. That was great. <laughs> you you majored in Frisbee. Yeah, we went. We played Frisbee sometimes. I literally <laughs> wrote a paper too? that was on leisure. Like literally the, the subject of the paper is leisure activities. It was great. That's <laughs> awesome. But you, you, um, you took that knowledge and went into summer camp ministry. Is that right? Yeah. For a little bit? So I, um, I worked at summer camp after my freshman year of college. And loved it, and realized it could be a real a real job too. Yeah. Um, and went into that, and um, got into that major, and I was in a major with a bunch of camp counselors, and I went back to camp every year, really wanting to do that, and just work with kids, work in youth ministry. That's, that's kind of what I ended up doing for about ten years, mm-hmm. uh, working my way up the ranks at Christian summer camps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, until it completely fell apart one year at one camp. I've told you that story. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we both found our, our way back into Christian education. Yep. Kind of cool. Um, so I guess my question for you is, I wanted to talk youth ministry with you. Uh, we haven't talked about that on the podcast much yet. Um, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of the youth program at the church I'm a vicar at. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do practical, on-the-ground youth ministry all the time, just being out of school. Right. Right. Um, Do you think the youth ministry of the 80s and 90s that we grew up in is a good model? One that should still be used? 
So I might have to describe that model. <laughs> um, Remember, like, you know, Wednesday night church right. and lock-ins and, you know, maybe summer camp with all the kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it's been critiqued a lot, but does it have a value today? Well, I I think um, not not exactly parallel, but I think in a similar way that we've talked about education. Yeah. Where it's changed because the kids are changing. Yeah. And so youth ministry has to change just like teaching. The kids have changed. Right. Their interest, their attention levels. I mean, it's all different. Yeah. Um, so. What do you think is at the core of youth ministry then? What What needs to stay the same? Or or maybe what needs to be focused on if it wasn't focused on before? Well, obviously ministry, the okay. focus, the center of Christ, and them so, knowing those core values. Um, okay. Do you think, so here's my critique. In the 90s, I mean, it was that whole WWJD thing. Yeah, right. Right, and um, we've been talking a lot in seminary, a ton in seminary, about the distinction between law and gospel. The, the uh, what the kids think are the rules in the Bible. They just think of them as rules in the Bible. And then there's the good news, right? And it, when I was in summer camp and even doing summer camp ministry, a lot of the conversations with other youth pastors were, okay, okay, okay. We shared the gospel with the kids. Now we got to move on to how they become a better Christian. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. Did you see it play out the same way I did, where then the kids are just feeling burdened with, okay, there's all these things I got to do now to fix my relationship with God or earn favor with God or be in right standing with the church or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Did you see that play out much? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just <clears throat> a lot of times the way that the gospel is presented is is maybe not even specifically in the words that way. Yeah. Just the way that we say, I mean, straightforward, the truth, you are sinners. Right. Um, but you are, I heard it one way, one time, it was something like, um, you are not, you are no longer a sinner trying to be good, but you are a saint who sometimes sins. Yeah, sim- some, simultaneous yeah. Uh, saint and sinner. I wouldn't even say sometimes sin. I always have <laughs> yeah. constantly well, yeah, in a Yeah, right, right, right. But, but yeah, yeah that's, that's the way it needs, it needs to be think, presented. That do you way. think kids are presented that much? Uh, no. I, I think a lot of times when they go to church, I mean, especially being in high school, being the way your mind is in high school. Yeah. I mean, you're in high school, you're basically programmed to be, well, as a sinner, you're programmed to be rebellious. Yeah, and as a high schooler, that's like one of the peaks of that time. Okay. And so when you go, when they go to church, being the leader of the church, yeah, you want to address something that is re- relevant to them, but at right. the same time, we need to address it in the right way. Right. Okay, I can see that. So I guess so. I mean, I'll be honest with with the listeners out there too. I've been so disillusioned with youth ministry, especially summer camp ministry, over the past like five years. Kind of realizing that. And dissolution with myself. So for most of my summer camp ministry, it was all I got to teach these kids how to be a better, to be good. Yeah, to right. be good. And we were talking about this last night at <clears throat> our Bible study. Um, the law doesn't have the power to do that. Right. The Ten Commandments do not make you righteous. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the gospel is is what actually will do that. The good news is mm-hmm. Christ for you. Christ is the one who sanctifies you too. I, so I just, I don't know why we're afraid to tell youth that. 
because there's this okay if we tell youth they're free then they're going to think they can go do what be, be rebellious be rebellious right, right? Same, yeah. and 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 so i think it's the same stuff paul was dealing with in 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 the epistles i mean it's so funny how youth is a microcosm of the church in so many ways um so that's been my 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 big i don't know reformation in my mind of, right of, of of what do we do with youth ministry well what i'm realizing is maybe we should just do the same thing we're supposed to do in general word sacrament word sacrament right. with the context of who the audience is which is youth Right. Mm-hmm. So like this uh, past Wednesday, um, I randomly just told all the students in the lunchroom, hey, we're going to talk Stranger Things season two because it was awesome. And I knew all the kids were watching it. Right. So they all came into the room. We just talked Stranger Things season two for a good 20 minutes. And the conversation naturally went to the distinction between law and gospel and kids asking questions about the good news. And it, to me, it felt like, OK, this is this is how youth ministry should be. Mm-hmm. Right, it was such an awesome moment, and you were in here when we actually watched Stranger Things right. with the kids. I mean, there yeah. was high interest in it. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of kids in here. Yeah, so I, I just, I'm still not sure about the old model, if you will, of mm-hmm. youth ministry. Um, but at the same time, the kids want that community building as youth. They want the kids were asking for a um, a lock in the other day, right? So I started thinking, well, let's plan a lock-in. But then they couldn't even make it. Right. Like, this is not when I was in high school where, yeah, we'd all drop what we're doing, go to a lock-in, yeah. et cetera. They've got great. like 20 different things on their plate. And then here we are as youth ministers. Let's put more on your plate. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's add another thing to your schedule. Let's add another you know? thing to your schedule. Another thing of and how you got to make on it. Yeah, and stay yeah, up all so night. You're exhausted. And your yeah. parents are going to be <laughs> mad at me. And my, my, my fellow pastors were like, uh, dude, this is not. No, <laughs> don't do it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I can see that, definitely. <laughs> so you, you actually grew up in Christian education, attending Christian schools, right? Yes. Do you think that was a good thing for you? Um, I think it was a good thing for me because of my personal community as well. Gotcha. Um, because my family were strong, like strong Bible-believing um, Christians that knew how to present it to me. Where, like we've been talking about, yeah. where, where they're, um, you want to be presented to a way that you want to act better, not, not the other way around. Right. right. So it's fruits of the right. spirit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, you're grafted onto that tree. Right. You're, and so a I, tree I cannot think, will itself to to, exactly. to bear the yeah, fruit. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I think growing up in that private school education. Um, helped me um because it added on to did you go to a lutheran school i went to dallas lutheran you went to dallas lutheran okay cool and And you eventually did you eventually teach there uh no no i I taught at public school before here and oh i gotcha i gotcha but i so i had the connection here are you lutheran i'm not what was that like going to a lutheran school but not being lutheran um yeah it was I would hear about, uh, like, we didn't do confirmation and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd hear about my friends doing that stuff. Um, but it really wasn't, it wasn't really different because we have those same core beliefs. Okay. Um, what, what beliefs would Lutheran, you say? Okay, so Lutheran is Christian, right? You're right, right, right. right? So, yeah, <laughs> okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, 
are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? What? Uh, so I grew up. I grew up in a Baptist church. Gotcha. Um, but we go to a non-denominational church. Okay. Which is, I guess, a denomination, maybe. Yeah. Which is <laughs> denomination of one. Non-denomination. <laughs> the de- the denomination of non-denomination. What were the What were the while going to Dallas Lutheran, did you pick up on any discernible differences between Lutheran confessional Christianity and what you were growing up in? Not majorly. Yeah. Um, like I said, it was just, it was more at school. Uh-huh. I, I We had a Bible class. It wasn't theology. theology it, gotcha. it was just Bible. And so it lined up very much, um, at least from what we were taught at school, Mm-hmm. It lined up very much with what what I had learned at church because it was more it was a Bible class, um, and it didn't at least from what I remember it didn't fall back as much on Lutheran focused theology rather than just gotcha. reading the Bible. See, it's interesting because you know we teach at a Christian school that historically has been associated Lutheran. with a Lutheran right. church, and our theology teachers have gone through Lutheran colloquy that kind of thing. Right, right. So that's always been. The interesting thing working here is um, maintaining that balance in a way, because there's certain right. Lutheran confessional things. I'm, I'm well, actually, all the confessions. I'm going to believe. Yeah, that's what I believe. Right. But then we have students that are coming from different denominational backgrounds, exactly. and how do we talk through those issues with them, etc. Um, yeah, that's probably something we should talk about another time. Because man, that gets that gets pretty deep and difficult. And, mm-hmm controversial sometimes either so you know if we were to talk about infant baptism in the classroom yeah that's that's one of the main things that um popped in when when i was a kid I and maybe we should debate that on the show sometime right well <laughs> um i just remember as a kid i remember hearing that my friends got baptized as infants and i remember i got baptized as a seven-year-old after i right. accepted christ right and so that's just that's right. that's one of the major the main difference is at least that I remember. See, that's that's interesting. So the phrasing uses when you accepted Christ. And so the Lutheran is like, oh, wait, you don't. You don't. Right, right. Right. So right. that would be like, you know, if you and when I were I, when I team prayed, teaching quote, the, the prayer. Yeah. Right, right. right. If exactly. you and I were team teaching yeah. theology, it would be an uneven yoke for the kids in some ways. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Even So on the surface, it seems like there's unity. But then when we dig, even language used is sometimes a little That's different, yeah. and, it, and, it, and, it, and it reflects the theology, the doctrine behind it, right, et cetera. Right, right. But I do love the fact that we can teach at the same school. Yeah, I do love that cool. at the same time. I really do. Man, that's interesting. We have a, we've had a lot of diversity in teachers here in views on certain things, mm-hmm. which I, I think the downside to that, though, is sometimes the kids are confused. Yeah. I think they get confused sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know how you would – I don't know the answer to this. I don't know, because right now what we're talking about in in seminary is um, the concept of communion, closed and open communion, or close and open communion, however right. you, you want to do it. So even within the LCMS, there are pastors that say, yes, I believe in closed communion. You should be part of our church body, mm-hmm. confessionally confessing the same things, et cetera, but then leave it up to the uh, the person who's coming to the church to decide well do i believe this and then there's some within the community that say well the pastor needs to be the gatekeeper if you will right to the lord's supper and well <clears throat> so even within the congregation the lcms these things are being there's there's some still applica- application differences even though we say we're, we're all confessional okay well what's it mean to be confessional right yeah <laughs> so that that was interesting hearing just some different viewpoints on that this week um but there's the Assurance, though, that faith 
and grace right in through from christ is actually what what, what matters what, in yeah. a sense i mean yeah. the other things totally matter but i have this i love the fact that i know daniel you're not you're not a heretic right. <laughs> you're a brother in christ even though we we completely disagree probably on some things right if we were right. to get into the minutia of it which <clears throat> That's been kind of the comforting thing with this this conversation that we've been having about communion is, yeah, we can we can totally have different views on the means of grace and and maybe we should have closed communion on some of these things, but it does not negate the fact that Christ is the one right given the grace exactly. through many different means. Um, yeah, cool. We can talk about that another time. I want to talk about something else though. Normally we would transition into another section of the show. I think I'm going to just try a smooth transition right now. Let's talk about some nerdy stuff for our This Week in Geek. First off, Stranger Things. Are you caught up? Did you finish season two? I am not caught up yet. Okay, that's perfect because I think we I'm should not. talk about Stranger Things season two without any spoilers. Great. Without any spoilers. So let's uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> what episode are you on? I actually have, I think I'm in the middle of the ep- the third episode. Third episode. So what, what has happened? I have, a, I have a wife that does not watch it. <clears throat> oh. And so... The only time I get to watch it is when she's not at home or when she's doing something else. That's why I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> See, I have a wife who we both agreed we'd watch it together, and I've been cheating on her. And watching. I, watch it, I finished the whole season. She's on episode two. So I, I have not been faithful to my wife in our TV binging. <laughs> I, I have been tempted, okay? <laughs> so uh, you're on the third episode, which yes. means that... You, you've definitely found out that L is with uh, Hopper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Out in the cabin. <clears throat> Has she thrown her uh, a fit yet to, to try to get away or anything I, like that? I think or? she's... I think what I last saw is she was literally walking away. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Stepping think, over the yeah. tripwire. Yeah, the tripwire. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, what's going on with the uh, the AV club? What are they up to at that point? Uh, they've just been talking with Max. Yeah, and, the, and new, she's, the yeah, new girl. She's new dynamic. It. Yeah. Better at Dig Dug than them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this This trying to introduce these new characters of Max and Billy? How do you think they're fitting in at that point in the season? Um, at least in those first two episodes, uh, I mean, they've got two different dynamics getting thrown in. They've got Billy being a, a, a jerk. In an some, actual bully. Right, right an actual bu- bully um, to... Uh, Steve. Steve. Are you, yeah. te- are you team Steve. Steve or team Jonathan? Ooh, um, man, I think Steve's cool, but I think I might be t- team Jonathan. Okay, I want to ask you that question at the end <laughs> of the season. Okay, the season changed my mind in really? a sense. I'm okay. I'm totally team Steve now. I was okay. team Jonathan, but after watching the whole season, I don't want to give anything away. At the end of the first season, I was like, man, Steve, Steve's doing his job, man. He's right, cool. right. <laughs> He's cool. Um, so do you, do you think Billy's cool? Do you like that mullet? Well, and, right and now peach fuzz? I, I like Steve so much and he's like shoving Steve around on the basketball court. Exactly. I don't like it. I think, I guess, I think that's the main reason they, uh, developed that or introduced the character of Billy was to be a foil, a character foil for Steve. Right. Yeah. Which that, is working out pretty that. well. Cause I'm yeah. starting to like Steve more. You start to say, okay, yeah, maybe he was a bit of a bully before, but he ain't a bully. Yeah. He's not. The, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He was just one of he was one of that jock crew, right. compared to Jonathan, the photography guy right. last last season. So, so I have this. Let's talk about just, Max for a second. 
I have this theory that every so often there's trends in um, TV. Mm-hmm. Right for a while it was uh, uh, vampires, and then zombies were the next vampires. Right. Um, I think right now in TV, one of the new zombies or vampires are uh, people with high-functioning autism. So there's like four shows about that right now. Yeah. And uh, I think redheads. Okay. Redheads are the new vampire. Well, I mean, they're gingers yeah. and they can't go out in the sun, so that makes sense too. <laughs> but uh, So I have a soft spot for redheads right now because my little girl, my little three-year-old, oh, yeah. is redhead. So there's this commercial that came on, I think last year, or whenever the Olympics were. It was a McDonald's commercial where there's this little redhead girl and this little boy, and it looks like they're sharing things, but it's across time. So okay. the boy hands over a video game controller, and it, it goes from like an Xbox controller to an old-school Nintendo controller oh, that's cool. across time or whatever. Um, and it keeps going. It's got this Cindy Lauper song in the background, Time After Time, mm-hmm. which actually has a tie into Stranger Things later. You haven't seen it yet. Okay. And I would bawl. Every single time, because it turned out, you know, the 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 motif of the episode or the, was, it's a dad sharing with his daughter. Oh, but right. It's the, da- okay. the dad is a boy, and that's, the daughter is a little cool. girl, and then it shows the the dad, you know, uh, pushing over chicken nuggets to his daughter. So it's you know, at the end, it's just a McDonald's so, commercial. So but... are you are you pregnant? Are you crying over a McDonald's commercial? Right. There right. we go. <laughs> I would just get so emotional. No, that's a that is a deep commercial for McDonald's. And crying and, and crying because it it's like that's my little games, girl. So that's you too. Yeah, video games <laughs> and it's 80s. perfect. But then like the Subaru commercial came out. Okay. And it, and we had a Subaru at the time, and it's this little redhead baby oh, growing yeah. up, and then the dad's like cleaning out the Subaru and finding all these things from like when the daughter was growing up, and then she's going off to like a dance or something, and I just bawl again, <laughs> and then and then in it, who's the the extra the, the the girl in the group in the Losers Club? It's a redheaded girl, and now right. in Stranger Things, right. it's a yeah. redheaded girl. It's like everything is little redhead girls, and I just cry every single time. So I'm watching Stranger Things. They introduce Maxine, and I'm crying. I'm bawling because I'm like, I right. hope my girl is good at dig dug. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the nerdiest thing ever. That's awesome. And she better like good video games. I don't know what I'll oh, do. She, she has to. Now you just you had you just had your first child. Yes, I have a little girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is: You just had a little girl. Why are you still skydiving? <laughs> So here's here's one of the reasons I brought you on the show. You are an expert skydiver, correct? True. Like wingsuits and everything. Yes. Okay. How long have you been skydiving? Um, I'd say it's coming around nine years now. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Started when I was around eighteen. And, and you have to start tandem. Is that how that works? Yeah, you have to do like two jumps tandem, and then you they start you on your way. Now, who decides these things? Are there actual laws about it, or so is it like clubs have the their U- own rules? USPA, United States Parachute Association. Okay. That's and, nerdy. You are a nerd. Right. For parachuting. Okay. <laughs> so um, they are the kind of overarching USA um, organization. Okay. Uh, and there's some there's some skydiving places that don't are not USPA certified. You don't Do want to go. You to don't those. want to jump. At you those? don't want to go to those. Okay. And so USPA <laughs> is they they have all those rules. So 18 years old, two tandems first, stuff like that. Uh, occasionally a place won't have to do two tandems first and they'll st- still be USPA certified. Gotcha. Um, but you got to be 18 uh, by USPA. Okay, no kids being thrown out of planes with right, parachutes. Right, Gotcha. Okay, so how many jumps would you say you've been on? Do you um, know? I know exactly. 704. What? <laughs> you have jumped out of an airplane 704 times. Yes. What are the statistics for, like, you know, failed parachutes? One out of... Failed parachutes or death? Either. I'll take either. Um, so every year, about 21 people die. Out of how many jumps? 
Um, it's rising, but last time I checked, um, a little over 3 million jobs. Okay, so once you get to your, I don't know, we'll say 1 million mark, statistically, you're going to die. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> sure, we can go there. But what about failed shoots? How often does that happen? So, um, depends on what you mean by a failed shoot. So okay, so your primary shoot doesn't my shoot, work. My shoot, so... Um, my like my brother has had to go to his reserve parachute, his secondary. Have you, um, you have you have, have you ever had, had, to, do had to do that? Never had to never do had that. To do that. Um, but my brother's at a, at around a thousand jumps. Really? Yeah. Um, so he's had to go to his, but it wasn't because his first one failed. Okay. I mean, it was over his head. Um, he was he was twisted, not like tangled, but just twisted like you would in like a, a swing. On a, sure. In a park. Yeah. Right? Except you just twist around thirty thousand feet in the air. Right. Right. But you reach up just like you would on a swing and you pull those chains apart and you come untwisted and it's fine. Normally. Yeah. And so um, what he did is he, he was twisted, but he was so low, not so low, but he was at this altitude that we decided called the decision altitude where he was like, if I don't have a perfect parachute above my head, I'm going to go to one that Let's is Let's reboot perfect. with this other right. one. And so. How many parachutes do you carry typically? Two? two? Just two? Two. Yeah. Do people ever carry three? Um. They will if they're there's um, like they're testing the cutaway mechanism for the first gotcha. one. Gotcha, that's the reason. Yeah, too. if they're testing something, then they'll test with one and then have a regular parachute on, and then a backup. Yeah, okay. and so that's I've never had a cutaway uh, because I've, I mean I've had that line twist thing happen, but it's been high enough where I'm able to kick out of it and still have a, make sure my parachute works. But if like my brother, if he wait, waited and kicked out of it. And then tested to see if it, his parachute worked perfectly, and it didn't. He might be too low to go to his reserve. Gotcha. So, Gee whiz. but it's not failed parachute. Rarely ever happen. There's rarely somebody that goes to the ground without anything above their head. Right. Right. Um, think of it like if I threw a plastic grocery bag out of the window going yeah. 70 miles an hour. It's gonna catch air. It's gonna it's slow going you down. To. It's just it might come out kind of. Wobbly. Cattywampus, you know. Cattywampus. That's an old Where are you from? Word, right? <laughs> Cattywampus. I was trying to think of another word and that just came out. Cattywampus. Um, so you've actually been part of some records, haven't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. so tell me about those. Um, so I've I got to count. I got to count. But um, I know that I've been on at least, I think, four national records, two All American records, and I would guess around six state records and i was part for of or what for the largest wingsuiting formation okay so the most wingsuiters flown together in a formation at a time and for those we do like multi-plane formations so there's people jumping so out there's of multiple planes going up yeah and, and then we all fly together how, what's the the highest number of people you've jumped with so this is even if you didn't get a record yeah it's a little confusing because a record has to be perfect right so they put and a grid so, over a picture yeah, right right and then each person needs to be in their spot Perfect. for a yep. certain amount of time? Uh, just all at the same, at the at the same, same time. So gotcha. like they take a screenshot of a video and they put it over it. And if gotcha. one person's out, they we try you again. So I've jumped with 77 people and the world record is 61. Cool. Yeah. That's so really cool. cool. So you almost got the world record, but you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> yeah. You no, were the one out of the group? I actually, I wasn't on that jump. And that's why I ended up not being on gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So... Um, it was great. I was I was on the world record team. It's yeah. just I was one of the out of that seventy seven. I was rotating. one of the sixteen that wasn't in at that time. At that so, moment, but yeah. still, that's cool. No, it was great. It that's was really super cool. cool experience. 
So, again, my original question, how do you keep doing this with a daughter? Is it just because you understand the statistics involved? Right. Unlike the the typical layman who would think it's super dangerous. Right. It's actually not for you? So, yeah. um, Now, a couple things that I say to people normally is, first, of those 21 that I mentioned earlier, um, I think like two, maybe even one per year, is like a first-time jump rope. And gotcha. so I use that to tell people, hey, you should go at least once. Yes, me jumping more obviously increases my chances. Right. Um, but in a way, it decreases it too because your experience, right? Right. Okay. Um, but at the same time, experience <clears throat> sometimes leads to Cockiness. overconfidence. Overconfidence. Yes, cockiness. Ooh, interesting. And that's where mistakes happen. There and might so, be a spiritual lesson in there somewhere. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so uh, I actually do it with my dad and my brother. Um, and so that's oh, a family affair. It is. That's it cool. is great. Uh, and so my dad actually, when we started doing it, he sat me and my brother down, and he said, <clears throat> uh, "I want to skydive with you guys. These are the things we're not going to do because these are the things that increase the likelihood of you getting hurt." So base jumping. Base jumping. Something called swooping, which is just a different way of landing to look cool, but it's a lot more dangerous. It coming in at a different speed. Yeah, and pulling a up. Different, is it yeah, just... a different speed. You're you're basically diving your parachute towards the ground at about 200 feet pulling up at the last pulling up at the last second okay that's what i do in video games when i skydive right 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 that's called swooping Swooping. it looks really cool not cool enough for me to do it though gotcha so um so that's part of it is just what was the third thing was there anything else uh there's just a couple smaller things where um but it's more just not being overconfident that's that's mainly the thing showboating Um, yeah show exactly so you showed me a video the other day someone wingsuiting over someone else's parachute right which looked cool looked cool the guy under the parachute was my dad and he was mad and he was mad he said that's gonna that's gonna get me hurt don't do it ever again and was that you said, that did it or a different no person? it was a different guy yeah, don't do that um, to your own he dad. said don't do it and that was the guy cool that said, time i won't do it yeah he's my dad said <laughs> i'm glad i have I'm that video I have a camera yeah right uh so yeah he did he he told us that and that that really um that really encourages me that we we are doing as safe as safe as it can be. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. And the other thing is, I mean, I tied in. I got an, other hobbies like rock climbing and yeah. I was going to talk about that on another time, but you do yeah. other high adventure well, stuff. Well, yeah, and we can talk about it another time. But just to tie that in is those those are adventurous stuff. Right. And my dad said it to me one time. He said, "Adventure. The definition of adventure is where your perceived danger outweighs your real danger." Where you oh. think you're in more danger than you are. Than you actually are. Like right? roller coasters. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, Unless you go to the state fair. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. those are temporary and run yeah, by yeah, yeah. No, guys. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> so, and so he said that to me, and, it, and it's really stuck where, like, yes, I understand it looks super dangerous. Yeah. And when somebody who doesn't skydive all the time only hears about the dangerous parts, like right. only hears about the people getting hurt. Um, but if you if you didn't drive a car every day, and you only watch the news. Yeah, you'd, you'd think car. cars were insane. Which statistically, they're way way more dangerous. Way You're more, more likely to get hurt coming to school every day. Exactly. Than skydiving. Well, I or mean, on the drive to it, the. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when we leave what the drop zone is what it's called. When we leave the drop zone, skydivers. I mean, it is a natural thing. Be safe on the way home because that's the dangerous that's part the of the day. Dangerous thing. That's interesting. Um, and another another thing I have to say to people is I say if you if you talk to somebody like I don't know, George Washington and you said hey. Get in this chunk of metal and drive 70 miles an hour <laughs> towards this chunk of metal with four feet between you. 
Yeah. He'd think you were a psycho. Yeah. Or, or, and we do that all the time. Let me hand you this object for you to carry that is worth $40,000. And <laughs> if you misuse it, it could kill someone. Now, right. carry this a mile down the road. Yeah. You'd be so careful. Right. No, thanks. I'm not going to do that. Right. But with cars. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're so used to it. Yeah. So perceived and, danger and actual danger. Right. Because you don't perceive getting in a car as dangerous. Nah. You That's don't interesting. perceive that. So That's it's not cool. an adventure. You are such a nerd. I am. I love having I you am, on here. I am a nerd. Let's talk uh, more nerdy stuff in a few weeks. Uh, Great. And I think we should talk about maybe some denominational differences. Might be a good, good conversation. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you how you're wrong. You'll tell me how I'm wrong, and That's it'll fine. be totally good for everybody. You, you got a little more background knowledge about how to address those things, <laughs> you know, being in seminary and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I'll just. Uh, dominate I'm, you I'm in debate and that's guess, how you yeah. convince someone on your <laughs> right people. i might i might change a couple views during that <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool well not all of our viewers or listeners are are lutherans right, that's that's, right. that's cool to even um, be able to have those conversations thanks for coming yeah yeah this yeah, was, was good yeah, uh we got plenty of nerdy stuff to talk about next time we haven't talked about legos yet rubik's cubes you're a rubik's cube master we gotta talk about that yes yes uh, nerd um, I got over a hundred of them. You're, so. you're not Daniel Megason, you're Daniel Mega Nerd. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's what we're going to do now. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Uh, and listeners, we'll see you in maybe a week or two. All right.